This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios. Speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? You better visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That is 208-467-7468. Welcome to the Purpose Powered Entrepreneurs Podcast, a show about how to succeed in business while creating a balanced and healthy life. I'm Ashlyn Cubison, an entrepreneur who went from successful real estate broker to published author, all while running three businesses. And I'm Lindsay Young, the founder of Lindsay Lives Well, a holistic nutrition and lifestyle brand, NSCA strength and conditioning specialist, and ITN nutrition coach. If you're an ambitious dreamer, get ready for some simple and actionable strategies. Let's get started. Hey, 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 welcome back. This is episode five of the Purpose Powered Entrepreneurs Podcast. And before we dive in, Lindsay and I want to say thank you so much for all of the support, love, and encouragement you've shown us with our podcast. We really took a leap of faith when we committed to doing this show and seeing the impact that we're actually having has been such a wonderful blessing in both of our lives. Absolutely. This experience has already grown us and challenged us in a lot of ways that we haven't expected. And we just really appreciate all of the feedback that we've received from our listeners. If you've enjoyed our show so far, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe leave us a review and rating. We ask this from you, not for the ego boost, but because in the podcast world, it is truly the way that we get our show in front of new listeners. So let's get to our topic today, the six must do's for all entrepreneurs and business owners. As a business owner, there is information coming at us from every direction. Honestly, it's like every single day and it gets really overwhelming and it often leads us to freeze instead of actually breaking down the things that we need to and prioritizing like we should. We often spend our time in busy work and busy work really tricks us into believing that we're accomplishing things. And this topic is such a huge foundation to our show. We gave some pretty awesome tips in episode one about finding your focus as an entrepreneur. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, I really encourage you to go over and do that. Or if you just need a little bit of extra help, please give it a listen before diving into this episode. 
Yes, there really is an endless amount of advice being thrown around out there. And that's why Ashlyn and I want to go in depth on today's topic, because it's challenging as business owners to sift through the noise and really narrow down what are the musts, what are the non-negotiables, the things we really want to be investing our time and energy in as business owners. But we didn't want to just run through the list without providing helpful action steps that you can take to day to improve or get started if you're not already working on these things. Now, this list isn't in any specific order. These are just six musts that we believe are needed to run a thriving company in our business world. So let's get started. All right. So I really encourage you, if you can, grab a pen and paper for this episode because it's pretty juicy. Or, you know, if you're driving or you're just unable to write down, then download this episode so you can come back to it later and actually implement these tips we're giving you today. So number one, our number one must is social media. And you might be thinking right now, oh, check, I already got that done. But hold on a second. Because having an account that you post on occasionally or an account where you're mainly liking and interacting with your friends and just kind of staying in your own little bubble isn't the same thing as implementing social media in your business. Now, I'm no social media guru, but I have successfully managed and built all of our business pages. At one time, I think I was managing like seven accounts, which... Oh my gosh, the craziness of that. I don't ever want to go back to that point. But anyway, for our online store, I even was able to build it a few thousand above that coveted 10,000 follower mark. And nearly all of our sales for our online store came from Instagram. So I'm talking like 99% of our sales. So I do have experience not only in posting, growing, engaging, but also in selling on social. And I believe if you implement my advice here today, you will have a more fulfilling relationship with your social media. It will become a tool that is going to help you and guide you into connecting more authentically and I believe if you implement my advice here today, you will have a more fulfilling relationship with your social media. It will become a tool in your business and not some like obligation that you absolutely dread. So it sounds like you really want us to shift our view of social media away from it being something that we use as a social tool to really being strategic about the way we're using those apps. Exactly. So these action steps you can start actually doing today and it will help you boost engagement, become more intentional and actually have your followers get to know you and your brand. But I want to be clear here. Your social media strategy will look different than mine, just like mine looks different than Lindsay's. So listen to our advice and, you know, Take notes, but don't be afraid to tweak it. Our audiences are different. Your insights look different than mine. So you're going to need to make the necessary adjustments. For the sake of example and time, I am going to only be speaking about Instagram today when we talk about social media. Lindsay and I both use this platform for our businesses. We've had success with it. 
I want to tell you guys a real quick fun fact, actually. Did you guys know that Lindsay and I actually met through Instagram? That's how powerful this platform can be when we use it to its fullest potential. I can't imagine my life now without Lindsay in it. And I want you to be able to build those kind of meaningful relationships in your business also. Yes, we have Instagram to thank for our <laughs> for this beautiful relationship. <laughs> so I know many people, maybe even most people, don't schedule their posts or even their time on social. So often they're like scrambling last minute and they just throw something up on their feed because they're thinking like, oh my gosh, I haven't posted all day or I haven't posted in three days. And so they just rush, rush, rush and put something up. Well, friends, that those days for you, they're done. The first thing I want you to start doing is you need to schedule the time you will be on Instagram. Each time you open that app, it needs to be done with intention. You need to have goals and a deadline to get it done because if you don't, it will become a total time sucker in your life. You have to control your tech and you cannot be controlled by your tech. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is so convicting. Okay. <laughs> and that, I mean, when I have, and I will fully admit, this is Lindsay talking here, that this is something I struggle with, that I will reach for my phone when I have a moment and not have a plan with what I'm going to do with that moment where, I mean, if I have a five, 10 minute block of time, I can legitimately use that to grow my business. Or I can be thinking, I'm just saving myself from boredom while I'm waiting for my kid to get done with soccer practice. So this is all very convicting for me. It is, you know, full disclosure, something that I am working on. But when in conversations I've had with Ashlyn, when she has coached me and encouraged me on this, I mean, I see the benefits of this intentionality with Instagram, like right away. It's an immediate return on your investment. Absolutely. And you know, I used to be the same way. So I don't want you guys to think I have all this figured out. I actually used to kind of get lost in that Instagram tunnel, if you will. And I really, I kind of struggle with anxiety. And I was finding that when I was getting off the app, I wasn't feeling good. And that's not what I want. I want to use it to better myself, better my business, and really turn it into a tool that I love to use. So make sure that you turn off your notifications. And I know some of you listening right now, you're like, oh my gosh, yes, Ashlyn, thank you. I want to turn them off. And then others, you just got nauseous because you're so afraid that you're going to miss out on something. But trust me, friend, when you're a busy entrepreneur, you have to protect your time and mostly your energy. Yes. And those notifications are a huge energy suck because they will interrupt any type of flow that you're in. And I think that goes for like notifications in general, wouldn't you say? Like, oh, 100%. Not just on the apps, but just turn them all off on every notification on your phone. <laughs> I agree 100%. So each post on Instagram, let's, let's dive in here a little bit. I, I want to talk a little bit more of like the meat and potatoes, if you will. Each post on Instagram contains copy and creative. And your copy is what you write. So it's your caption. And your creative is your, your picture or graphic or video. And it's important that you don't neglect either of these. I often will see people make the mistake of either having some like awesome graphic or picture, but then their caption is like 
just a quote or it's something not helpful at all saying like this right here (laughs) and I always felt bad for these people because they worked really hard to get that nice image and it drew people into their posts so they they got that traffic but then they totally lost everybody by not helping their audience in any way and then there's the flip side to this I see people who have fabulous copy I mean you look at it and you know oh my gosh they put thought in that post it has a hook a call to action it's helpful but then they're creative so their picture or their graphic or their video wasn't really that good and and now this is okay I mean we've all been there before I think at one time or another but I I really think that there's less excuse now for people to have poor creative so if you struggle with this I really encourage you if you don't have an account already with Canva go on there they have an awesome free version that you can create nice graphics on there or you can even pull in your own pictures on there and it'll look really nice and professional or if you need some stock images then you know websites like unsplash.com you can utilize their stock photos for free so there's really no excuse anymore for you to have poor creative on your Instagram. And this is something that people notice. I remember a friend reaching out to me early on saying, (laughs) she said, gosh, Lindsay, I've been wanting to tell you for so long that your content is great, but your photos are really terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, I appreciate that feedback. And I mean, just a little bit of attention. I think when you're really thinking about the images that you're putting on your Instagram feed, they don't need to be perfect. I think especially in this society, people want to see realness. They don't always want this perfectly curated photo, but it does really draw people in when it, when there's just something about it that's pleasing to the eye or it's engaging, or it just has a little bit of a polished intentional look to it. I think that's so important that you pointed that out because yes, I don't want you to think that I'm encouraging you to look perfect or be perfect, but you do want to have high quality images and it can still be you casual. Like that's really resonating with people right now to be, you know, just you in your everyday life. Like people like that. People want to see that. So you don't have to get dressed up and get a bunch of, you know, branding photos done because, you know, maybe that isn't even in your budget right now and that is totally okay. But there are simple things you can do like standing in front of the window so you have good lighting for that photo. So don't be perfect, just make it clean and it will draw people in. Yes, don't let perfection be the enemy of good. (laughs) And by the way, was your friend like looking at your images a long time ago? Because everything I see is amazing. This was many years ago. (laughs) This was when I truly didn't have a clue what I was doing. I kind of got a little (laughs) tripped up there. I was like, wait, what a minute. (laughs) They truly were. If you scroll back to like, you know, circa 2014, 2015, it wasn't pretty. Got it. Okay. So now you're like, okay, sweet. I got, you know, a decent caption and I got my photo. I'm ready to go. And you want to post. Well, nope. Don't you dare stop right there. First, what you need to do is you got to warm up your audience. You need to be able to boost your engagement before you post. It's too many times that people just pick up their phone and they're like, okay, I got my five minutes scheduled. Let me post. But then they post and they ghost and 
you're not going to get the kind of engagement or interaction that you want. Instead, what I want you to do is before you post, you're going to share something on your story. Make sure that this is relevant. You can either tease out what you're going to be posting about, or you can ask a question, do a quick little video, do something that's going to be engaging to your audience. And then after that, you're going to go to your newsfeed, and you're going to comment on the top three posts in your newsfeed and make sure that every comment is a minimum of four words because Instagram only rewards you and other accounts if your comment is four words or more. Um, emojis, they don't count. You can throw some in there if you want, but you can't just be like, yes, or love this with a little heart. It doesn't count. <laughs> You have to have four words. Really like an important detail. <laughs> yes. Four real words. Four real words. <laughs> then after you've done that, you've posted in your story, you've commented on three posts. Now it's time for you to post. And it's important that you make sure you use the right hashtags when you post. I see a lot of people using these really huge hashtags that have like millions in there. And what's going to happen is people aren't going to be able to discover you. There's so many other photos being posted with that hashtag that even in the recent, even after like three minutes, you're like all the way halfway down the page. So you really want to make sure you use hashtags that are between 20,000 and 50,000 when you, you know, when you're searching for the hashtag and you see the number of how many people have used it, that's what you want to go for is 20,000 between 500,000. And this is give or take. Yes, I've posted some with 600,000. And yes, I've even posted some with 10,000 because maybe I want to be at the top of that one. So I'm trying to really get to the top page over there. But general rule of thumb, 20,000 to 500,000. And then I know Instagram lets you use 30 hashtags, but don't do it. You want to stay under the radar. You want to use between 25 and 28. Yes, you can use less, but I feel like you're not getting yourself enough exposure. So use 25 to 28. And personally, I save my hashtags in my notes. I have different ones that I can just copy and paste based off of what my topic is. And then I also hide them in my comments. So I don't like to put it in the body of my post. You will see that there are several times I have because it just kind of sometimes depends on my mood. There's no real reason why I do it. I don't think it helps you or hurts you one way or another, but I think now I really like it looking a little bit more clean and being in my comments and not in the body. Mm, yes. And I'm the same way. I keep probably five or six different hashtag banks in the notes app of my phone. So depending on whether it's a recipe post, whether it's about self-care, whether it's about exercise and kind of keep those batches. And it's a huge time saver to just be be able to go in there, copy, paste, maybe tweak a few of them so that they're a little bit more specific, but doing that work up front where you do a little bit of hashtag research, you've got those hashtags saved on your phone. Then when you're going to post, you're not having to take all that time then. Yes, my friend, it is all about saving time. So now you might be thinking, okay, I posted in my story. I commented on a few posts. I posted my post by Instagram. No, 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 no. Instagram's not going to reward you that way. You, they know when you're on their app and guess what? They want you on there. So now you need to hang around now that you posted 10 to 20 minutes, stick around. You're going to go to your newsfeed again and you're going to comment on the 
following three posts that are in there and you're going to wait and see if anybody comments on your post. And when you get a comment, my friend, make sure you respond and don't just respond with like a little heart to them. Unless it's a really lame comment, then fine, go ahead, do it. But if it's actual comment, engage with them, ask them a question, thank them, say something valuable and hopefully they'll come back and they will comment again. And then just a little like hack here for you is if you post every day and you want to get other people to come to your post the next time you post the next day. So you're going to only respond with a comment to every comment in your post. And then when you come tomorrow to post again, go back to your yesterday's post and heart all of the comments that you got on that post. And that will encourage those people to come to your page and check you out again. Cause you just again, engaged with them and they're like, wait, why did she heart my post? What, what was that? What were we were talking about? And they come back. So that was just a little, I added that in there for you. That is good. <laughs> that is really good. That's a new one for me. Gosh, look at learning new things all the time from you. <laughs> And then the next thing I want you to do before you leave Instagram is go and watch and react to five stories. So there isn't any, you don't have to do a long comment. You don't have to do anything. You can do the little pre-populated hearts or clappy hands or whatever those emojis are and just send it, but engage with those people so that hopefully they will go then look at your stories. Okay, so those were mostly my tips, but now I want to go into a little bit more. I want to make sure that you are using all of Instagram. Instagram will reward you and push your page up front when you utilize their reels, IGTV, stories, hashtags, and use all the features in the stories. So there's like polls and questions and the more stuff you use, the more engagement you'll get. I actually a while ago was in this like I don't know, it was a challenge where we had to use everything. This was like maybe a year or so ago. And we had to use everything in Instagram. And when I actually did it, you guys, my engagement, my insights went through the roof. Now, I need to get better at doing lives because I'm sorry. I don't enjoy them. I really don't. But I'm working on it, you know? So we're all a work in progress. And now, last tip. If you notice that you are consistent posting, you're doing all the things right then what I want you to do is I want you to take a break from Instagram. So if you post every single day, maybe your audience doesn't want to see you every single day. Like that sounds harsh, but maybe they're not needing that from you. So take an entire day off and then the next time you post, see if your engagement goes up. Or if you're somebody who your story always has something going, take a day break. Personally, my audience only wants to see from me in my newsfeed three to four times a week max. And in my stories, I normally try to every like two weeks, let it fall off for a day or two. And then when I come back in, I'm like 10 times higher on my views. So I don't know why, but that's just a little hack that I got. So whew, I'm so happy that I got through that. Lindsay, <laughs> I get to stop talking. Please take it away with must do number two. Oh my goodness. Those Instagram tips were so good and so valuable. And yes, they all work. So do them all. <laughs> or, I mean, I should say too that it's okay to take that whole list of tips and implement them one at a time. Try a couple things, see what works for you, but they do all work. Okay, so let's talk about number two, which is growing an email list. Now, this is something that if you do not already have an email list, I do not want you to put it off for one more 
day. You need to do this like today. If you're already on social media, you need to be able to send your followers somewhere where they can connect with you deeper. Also, with censorship being such a real issue going on right now, you need to have somewhere else that you're able to connect with your people. So while social media is a great strategy and it's important to be on there as well, you always have to remember that you don't own your social media. You do not own those followers. If Instagram and Facebook were to go down tomorrow, would you have a way to get in touch with your potential customers? They can change terms, policies, and conditions. The The apps could completely disappear. They can just delete your account. They can shadow ban you, which I've been dealing with heavily over the last few weeks. So if you don't have a backup plan, you don't have a way to communicate with your community and your potential customers. Now, you wanna grow your email list the legit way, (laughs) not like with your Gmail account, just plugging in email addresses from random people. You really need to have an email marketing service. Many of these are free up until you have a certain number of subscribers. So this doesn't have to be something that is a huge investment um, or they're incredibly inexpensive per month. So I started out with MailChimp and I used that until I got to a certain point where I was ready to I needed some more advanced features, and now I use ActiveCampaign. Some of the other popular EMSs are Constant Contact, ConvertKit, and Aweber. I recommend that you ask a peer in your industry what she's using and do a little bit of research because I think that for different industries, there are different email marketing services that have, you know, kind of pros and cons. So have a little discussion with people who are in your industry and find out what's working well with them. And that could give you a good place to start. And this is really going to protect you legally and it's gonna give legitimacy to your business. Plus, you'll be able to track things like open rates and links clicked, and that type of feedback and those statistics can give you incredible information about your business and your messaging and your copy and what's resonating and what's not. So a few tips to grow your email list. The first and like the best way is going to be with freebies. Now, a freebie, if you're not familiar with that term, is having a free offer that people will will exchange their email address with you in order to receive. So this could be a coupon for a product, it could be a percentage off, it could be a checklist or a cheat sheet. Some of the freebies that I have up on my website is I have a seven daily health habits guide, I have a meal planning toolkit, and I have a seven day meal plan. Those are all free resources that I promote on social media and other places in order to build my email list. You want these freebies to be valuable so people will actually open them (laughs) because we all know what it's like to be getting 100 emails a day. You want people to be excited to receive that email from you and actually open it. You want it to be a resource that they're going to use and that they're going to want to connect with you more based off of their consumption of it. You want to make sure that you promote your freebie on all of your social media channels and in your social media content. So in your caption, let's say I'm doing a smoothie recipe in my caption, I could say, hey, and if you're looking for 14 more smoothie recipes, check out the free smoothie guide that I have. You also want to make sure that you've got a way to access those freebies and access your email list on your social channels, like in the link in your bio and other places like that. 
Next up, we've got pop-ups on your website. When people visit your website, they're probably looking for information about you. They might want to see what kind of services you offer. And you want to make sure that you've got one of your free offers popping up to entice them to give you their email address. I'm sure you've all had an experience where you, okay, so this just happened to me yesterday. I was looking to send my mom flowers for her birthday and I opened three or four different like delivery places. And then I couldn't remember the name of the first one that I went to, but Fortunately, I had put my email address in the pop-up that had come up because I wanted that free shipping coupon. So I just went to my email real quick, was able to pull it up and then access their website. So making sure that you have a pop-up on your website really does ensure that you're going to have a way to connect with those people again. Another idea for growing your email list is anytime that you are able to speak at an event, don't let that opportunity pass you by. Um, make sure that you have a way to connect to collect email addresses at that event. So I've done this a couple different ways. One is just to have a clipboard that's passed around the event or that is set out at a table that I've got a booth at. And I'll usually have something that I tell people that I'm going to send them in exchange for their email address. So I might send them some type of special or promotion or recipe booklet or something like that. Um, or I've also done raffles before where people can enter their email address and name, and then I'm raffling off some type of a goodie bag or a basket or um, a product that I'm promoting or something. Um, another way that I've had really great success with getting email addresses at events is to have a text opt-in. And this is a little bit more advanced, but it's super effective and you guys, I'm no techie. So if I can figure this out, I promise you that you can figure this out. So we all know that everyone has their phone in their hand all the time anyways. So anytime you are at an event, work a free offer into your presentation. And if you've got a PowerPoint presentation, you can bring it up on the screen or you can just verbally tell the people in the audience, text meal plan to this number to receive this free email this free meal plan in your email inbox right now. I did this once at an event where I was doing a like a clean pantry breakout session and I offered a healthy pantry checklist. And I just told them in the middle of the presentation, I said, hey, I've got a checklist for you. You can pull it up on your phone right now. Just text pantry to this number. And almost everyone in the audience did that. So they were giving me their email address and I was able to provide them some incredible value in that very moment. I'm going to cut you off real quick. <laughs> so I love that idea with the texting. And I truly believe that the more simple you make it, those people that's so easy to send a text and they received it immediately. They are more than likely going to do it because you kept it easy. So that was just my two cents right there. Yes. Easy <laughs> is important. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then my last tip for growing your email list is to cross pump cross promote with others, um, especially on social media. So go live in other people's Facebook groups, go live together on Instagram. Um, I feel like Ashlyn does such a good job of this where she tags and promotes other people's valuable content and their programs. And that makes those people also want to tag her and talk about her because they're excited about that cross promotion. Um, I had an experience with this the other day where my branding coach, went live with me and one of my followers who did not know her popped up on the live because, you know, Instagram gives you that little notification. Lindsay is live and she ended up buying the course of my branding coach. And that was a connection that Jordan wouldn't have made if it weren't for the fact that we were doing that together. So 
being able to look for those opportunities where you're able to access other people's audiences. And if you do it with a spirit of collaboration, other people are going to want to share your valuable content and they're going to want to share your free offers. And that's going to really help build your audience and list. And this really goes into also like this one kind of blends with our last one, which is supporting others. So we're giving you some good tips here, but we're going to reiterate it again yes, later. Yes. We're going to hammer that point home <laughs> yes, at the end. Because it's so important to build that kind of collaboration with others. It truly will enrich and improve your business. Yes. In so many ways. And one really great example I have of this is, so I recently connected with a local garden pro in our area. You guys, I'm a total garden newbie, like trying to grow some zucchini in my backyard. And Jamie helps people build and grow their backyard kitchen gardens, which is like perfect. That's exactly what I need help with. So we've got a little bit of crossover, right? She helps people grow healthy food. I like talking about healthy food. So I know that's something that my audience, a portion of my audience might be interested in. So Jamie offered to give a beginner's gardening workshop for free to my audience. And I was thrilled to be able to offer that and share and promote that event. And it was of such value to my followers. And through that connection, she was able to get 50 people signed up for her workshop. So that's 50 new people on her email list due to my exposure, which is just a great example of beautiful networking when you're truly being of service, truly offering value, collaborating with people who have that same spirit. And it's just, it it can be a really great way for both parties to grow their exposure. And with this example, specifically your email list. That was so good. I feel like with the email list and the website, I still have some work to do because I recently, you know, transitioned from real estate where I had, that was all of my email list was real estate clients. And now that I'm branching out and doing something totally different, I'm really in that rebuild stage. So I feel like that was just so many helpful tips and reminders for me to go out and tackle them so I can have that kind of community where I have the control of when I contact them and that I'm always the one in control of if they stick around or not, unless they unsubscribe, of course, but Instagram isn't going to just delete me or something like that. So I loved that number two. And now we are going to go into must do number three, which is clear messaging. So Okay, what does this mean exactly? Some people believe that clear messaging is niching down, that that's the solution, that as long as you're just, you stay in your lane, you got your niche, then you're good to go and people are gonna know what you do. Well, if you're anything like me, this is just not a viable option. You know, I, less than a year ago, I owned a real estate company. I'm a published author. I own a swimming pool business in case you didn't know that one. I have an online store. I help content editing for other entrepreneurs. I'm launching my first digital course. Like there is no niching down here. I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur and I love to embrace that. So how does someone like me get clear messaging? I'll tell you, you got to first Make a list of the topics and areas that you want to be known for and that like when when somebody thinks of me, what do I want them to think about? I would love for them to think of me as an entrepreneur or as an author. So you really need to embrace those things and get clear on what you want other people to think of you as. Then you need to do research on who you serve. 
Personally, I have like six or I think I have seven ICAs, which is your ideal customer avatar. If you didn't know, I have like seven of them right now because I use different ones for each business. And like my online course has three just in that one. So you really need to get clear on who do you serve. Then you have to write clear copy. Make sure you're using the word you. I want you to imagine for a second, people are reading your email that you sent them and you're like, hey guys, do you guys, do you guys do this? Do you guys do that? Are they reading your email with 13 other people hanging around their shoulders? No, it's just them. So make it personable. Every time somebody sees the word you, their ears perk up, their eyes brighten, and they want to talk about it because they love themselves and they want you to love them too. So make sure you are only using the word you. I'm going to hammer that into you. I, I swear I am. Next, talk about your client's pain points. So if one of my ICAs, they feel like scattered or shamed and they have this like deep desire to do something about it, well, guess what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to keep my messaging clear. Another thing that will help keep your message clear is having a clear written bio. And it's okay to have more than one. I have multiple bios and it really depends on what I'm doing. So if I'm speaking at an event, I might send a different bio. If I'm on a podcast, I have different bios in my media kit that I will send out to those people. And if you don't have a media kit, I feel like maybe we should do an episode on that. That was just a little light bulb because a media kit is so helpful and it keeps you organized, but I'm kind of going off path here. So let me, let me turn I'm back. Reel you back in. No. <laughs> <laughs> reel you back in. We're talking about clear messaging. Yes. Clear messaging. <laughs> well, media kit will help with that, yes. but also we are going to cover. So copywriting is a big part of clear messaging. And next week we're going to dive in deep on it because I didn't feel like we could do it justice in this short amount of time. But I do want you to keep this as a must do is that you have to have clear messaging. Yes. Okay. Super, super helpful. That makes a lot of sense. All right. So next we're going to talk about our fourth point here is branding. So what is branding exactly? Why is it important? Um, what can you do if you don't have a huge budget for branding? Those are all such good questions. <laughs> so when you're doing thinking about branding, this is kind of the process that I walked through, is you first want to really dial down and figure out who is your ideal customer? Who is that ideal person that you're trying to reach? And I know that Ashlyn mentioned having seven different ideal customer avatars um, for different businesses. But when you think about one of those avatars or one of those people, what are the brands that they are attracted to? Who do they shop from? What is the type of feel that they want to have when they approach a brand or an experience? Um, I mean, you think about like you go to the mall, right? And you walk into Nordstrom. There's a very strong feeling that you get when you walk into Nordstrom versus walking into 
I don't even know the names of these stores anymore. You know, like a kid's skate shop, right? Like there's a different feel with the color, with the the imaging, with the music that's playing. So really spend some time thinking, even if you have different types of services you're offering your different customers, what is that overall feeling that you want them to experience as they come into your world, as they enter your social media, when they go to your website, when they see your handouts, when they download your freebie, what is that experience that you want to be giving off. There are a couple things that I think without any type of a branding budget that you can do just from the start. And that is picking some brand colors and picking some brand fonts. You want to think about what are the the words, what is the identity that you're wanting to embrace with your brand. And you want all of these things to have a feeling of cohesiveness. The best way to do this, I think, is to start by creating a mood board. And you can do this really easily in Pinterest. When I first did this, I just had so much fun with it. I spent hours putting together images on Pinterest that when I saw just made me feel like it identified with the brand that I wanted to have. And then from there, I just dialed it down, dialed it down, dialed it down. I started with 200 images. Then I went to 100. Then I went to 50. Then I went to 30. I think I ended up landing on about 15 that when I looked at that one board, that was the brand. That was what I wanted someone to experience when they entered my world. And then once I had that mood board, everything else that I chose for my brand, I would put it up against that mood board. So when I went and looked at fonts, I would, you know, maybe narrow it down to two or three scripty fonts that I liked. And then I'd write my name. I'd write my business name in that font and I'd put it up against my mood board. And I remember there was this one font where I literally jumped back. I was like, oh, that looks terrible. (laughs) And when I had just been looking at the font, I was like, this is so pretty. I love this font. But when I held it up against that mood board, I could clearly see, even as a non-creative person, I could see, whoa, that does not measure up. Then same thing with my brand words. When I was thinking about confidence and, you know, these words that I wanted to have with my brand, when I put those up to the mood board I'd created, was it still having that vibe? Same thing with colors. Um, Another thing that you can do is we talked about Canva a little bit earlier and that that's such an amazing free resource, especially if you're starting out. I mean, I think I use Canva virtually every day. And as you become more and more advanced, like now that I've worked with a branding coach and I have, you know, more exclusive fonts and I have these really dialed in colors, all of that has been uploaded into Canva. And I have that now as part of my brand template. So Canva can really grow with you when you're starting out and you don't have the budget to work with a branding person. um, You can go in and just, you know, pick a few fonts that you use consistently pick some colors that you use consistently. And I think that that's the most important part there that as you begin to put things out in the world that you want people when they look at that to think, oh, that's Lindsay, you know, just based off of a quick glance. I see the colors, I see the font, I see, you know, kind of that, the the lighting on that image and that's who I relate to. And it creates this sense of comfort with people. They're like, oh, I know where I am. I know where I belong. Exactly. And I know that there's some people who might be feeling like I'm really creative. Like maybe you're like an Enneagram four or something and you're just like, I don't want to be put into a box. You can choose a few colors, a few fonts. You don't have to pick only one or two. And I think that that holds people back sometimes, but there are plenty of shades that you can get that 
flow together that is in your branding package. So don't let that hold you back here. And another thing is I know we're giving you a ton on this episode, so don't get overwhelmed. You can take a couple at a time and work through it. But now we're going to move into number five. And this one is short and sweet, but so important. And it is finding a community. Entrepreneurship often can be lonely where we're like, we're in it every day by ourselves, hustling away, planning, planning, planning. And we don't always take the time to find community, to work out our problems or just to confide in somebody else. So some of the ways that I've been able to grow and find a community in my life have been through masterminds, which I have belonged to a couple different ones now, and they were unique and beautiful in their own ways. And I really loved being able to have other entrepreneur women around me who were, you know, my supporters and there for me and understood what I was going through. That was the biggest thing. Cause sometimes even though my husband also owns businesses, let's face it, he's a man and he does not relate to me the same way women do. And I love to feel heard. Like if it's one thing about me, just if you, I feel like you heard me, I'm totally cool. I'm, I'm all good now. So masterminds for me was just a gold mine. And then networking groups. So this is a little bit less, I feel like intimate, but it's still so valuable. You're able to network with other people, get to know and figure out that collaboration piece of how can you guys support each other. And, you know, maybe you don't have in your area business like groups. Maybe it's really a struggle for you to find something that jives well with you. Well, maybe you can find a women's church group where, you know, it's maybe not centered around business, but you're still able to grow and you feel centered and you have other people in your life that you can lean on even with your business problems. Next things are like Facebook groups that, you know, it's a little bit less personable, but I mean, look at, I met Lindsay online and we're like BFFs now. So don't discount social media as a way for you to connect and join community. And if nothing else, if you feel like there's just nothing else out there for you, then I encourage you to build something, build a social media, start a mastermind, start some sort of group so that you can have other entrepreneurs or business owners around you supporting you. And now Lindsay, take it off with number six. Mm, Yes. And I just, I think too, to just kind of jump back into your point real quick. um, You know, I used to kind of um, think that I didn't need a lot of other people. Oh, I didn't, I've so been there. Need a lot of other community. Um, and that has just been one of the surprises of my life. I think especially as a solopreneur growing a business, it can be really isolating and having other people, like I think about our friendship where we have very different businesses, but just being able to connect on that level. Like when I say something, you get it. And that just like the encouragement I get from that. It's big. <laughs> it's so life-changing. Oh, okay. So our sixth and final tip here is supporting others. And this is really something that cannot be neglected. We truly rise by lifting others up. I mean, what's that saying? Like a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that. I think I, think I got that right. Um, I still like it. <laughs> and this can be as simple as, um, you know, sharing on social media when you see some someone that 
that you know that has a program or a freebie that they have or just a really great post that resonates with you. Share that. Um, Attend someone's free webinar. Um, Referring someone, trying to connect people, using people's services, right? Like if you you need something and you know, well, like I could try this on my own, why not tap in and utilize someone else's service when that's their area of expertise? And this is a great time to go into that community in number five. If you need a service, go to your community and get support there. Try to go to somebody you already know. It's one of the best ways you can support people. Yes, absolutely. And also, you can listen to people's podcasts. That's like a, ours. That's another great way to support <laughs> other people. Um, and I always think, I remember Dave Ramsey giving this visual example. Those visual examples always stick with me. But I remember having this example of like closed fists. And how when we're holding on so tightly, we're just so focused on our own business that we are in this place of just, it's this place of holding things in. And when we open our hands and we have these open palms where we're able, where we're giving to others, open palms represent being able to give and support others. But when our palms are open, we're also able to receive so I always I love that guy. I know. I he know. always has such He's good. good wisdom. <laughs> so I think I'm always just amazed that when we truly have a heart of service and encouragement and we're showing up for others, I'm always just pleasantly surprised at what comes back around. Me too. So that is going to wrap up our episode. Just to recap, our six must-dos as entrepreneurs and business owners is social media, email list. What was three? Clear clear, clear messaging. messaging. Sorry, I don't have this written down. So clear Uh, messaging, branding, finding a community, and supporting others. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope to see you next week when we dive in deep on writing better copy. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you subscribe and take just 30 seconds out of your day to leave us a positive review. Come say hi over on Instagram at Purpose Powered Entrepreneurs. And you can find Lindsay at lindsay.lives.well and Ashlyn at Ashlyn Covison. 